0: Remember to visit us online, too, at BestEverYou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton-Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. It is Saturday. We don't do a lot of shows on Saturday. We do them sometimes on Sunday nights, but... We've got a great guest with us. We're going to add author to the list of uh, actually amazing. I think this goes amazing author (laughs) and awesome author, my two words that I love to use for people who do just the coolest things. And so Jeff Dawson is with us. Hello, Jeff. Thank you for being with me live here on the Best Ever You Show.
1: Good afternoon. It is my pleasure to be here.
0: <laughs> we uh, yeah, you never know what's going to happen on live shows. So you know, if if anything happens to the audio during the show, we will try our best to call back in um, or reschedule this for tomorrow. But um, it's a little it's a little glitchy today here in Radio Land. So we'll see what, how this goes. Um, but Jeff is the author of the book Love's True Second Chance. And uh, we've given this the Elizabeth Best Award for January 2020 on besteveru.com. And um, our, we love to do, we love to give that award with books. Uh, it, it rallies our community behind the book and the author. and gives it a little book boost. Uh, I know all of you on Twitter, I wanted to mention there's a, there's a Twitter hashtag that a lot of us follow who write. It's called hashtag writing community. There's also hashtag book boost and hashtag reading community as well. So hello to everybody out there in those communities, because when we're done with the show, and we put the link out, we're going to hashtag you guys. And, and hopefully you you meet Jeff and get a chance to take a look at his book. So um, Jeff, this is an epic book. I, I, I love this book. And um, it's it's a love story it's heartbreaking it's a little wrenching um in spots it's it's got all of these things that kind of are that we we've talked before that that kind of are the makings of an of a of a good movie even maybe a great I agree.
1: movie yeah one reviewer compared it to the notebook and i believe there are a lot of parallels between debbie and mine's story and uh the fictional story nicholas sparks wrote
0: yeah and all you need is one right
1: all you need is one that's it
0: (laughs) so it goes so i'm gonna i'm gonna borrow some of your questions here a little bit if i can because um i i've just started this other website called best ever you books and one of my hopes for it is that we have like a little book club I don't know how that'll go, but I'm gonna I'm going to do it anyway and and see how it's embraced in our community. And I'd like for your book to be our first book in our book club. And you have taken the time to write some questions that people could chat about in a book club setting. So we'll kind of um, follow that a little bit because I think this show would lend itself well to a book club environment too. So with that said. Um, I, wanted, I, I love the, the, cha- the very first chapter of the book. Sometimes people go to the end of the book, and I like to read the first chapter of the book to know if I'm going to continue on reading rather than the end. Do you want to talk about the, the first chapter of your book?
1: The first bit? chapter is, yes, the first chapter is Debbie's Last Day. When I put the story together, excuse me, it's like, okay, do we want to go through our whole relationship from high school and college, then when we reunited, and you know this isn't going to end up well. So do you want this big buildup knowing that she's going to die, or do I want to get that out of the way? And I got with her girls when I wrote it and said, what do you think? Well, they like that, because that way, obviously, they were there on her last day of July 20th, 2009. But from that point on, they got to learn a whole lot about me and their mom when they were basically the same age, a few years younger, but they could relate to it more. And for readers, I felt, you know, do you really want this big build-up? These kids finally figured it out. It took them 30 years to understand how deep their love was. And then you know that it's not going to last or you just want to get it out of the way so you can focus on all of the activities and the relationship that we had over the years. And that's why I did it that way. The worst is out of the way. Now you get to actually meet Debbie and me. Yeah.
0: And let's meet Debbie and you for a moment. She sounds so special and I'd love to know how you met because it it was back in high school and um, tell us about that. I heard there's band involved.
1: (laughs) We were both in the marching band. It was 1977. She was actually dating one of my best friends to this day, uh, Clay Kammerer. And then he got a car and apparently that took priority and their relationship broke up, but I myself was dating somebody else and that wasn't working out well, but I'm just too stubborn to throw in the towel and give up. (laughs) And so when Debbie and Clay broke up, she was dropping uh, hints the size of bricks. And you know, what am I, 17 years old? I'm a real brain surgeon at that age. And I just wasn't paying any attention. I just didn't recognize it until the girl I was dating really upset me. So I had just out of the blue asked Debbie to go out. So we dated for probably about a month or two, but I wasn't done with the other relationship. And I went out with her one more time. Debbie wasn't happy about that. When I realized this other relationship wasn't going to work and told her about it, she goes, good. Don't ever mention her name again. And Mm -hmm. from that point on, we were together uh, my half of my junior and all of my senior year. And it was a wonderful time.
0: What made you guys at that point not, not continue on with that relationship and uh, might be a little young to get married or whatever, but what, what, why only a year and a half?
1: I was, I was a year older and I went to college and she stayed in high school and I found out later Why she called it off She wanted a full-time boyfriend Well, I'm Mm in Oklahoma State In Stillwater, she's in Tulsa I can't come home every weekend And she wanted a full-time boyfriend But kept telling me Well, that's not actually the case And yeah, that was the case So when she finally called it off I was not a happy camper Not at all I was a did you guys, mad as a hornet when she dropped me.
0: <laughs> I bet, yeah, I bet did you I'm guys mad. keep in touch through the years?
1: Absolutely or, not. No.
0: Oh, okay. I, so the man. I ran into her in.
1: twice. I did run into her twice at college, and I can still remember this one day. I was a buddy, and I had taken a exam and it hadn't done real well. We're trying to figure out where we're going to go, drown our sorrows, and I looked to my right, and I saw this girl, and it's like, oh, that can't be her. Tell me it isn't her. Yeah, that was Debbie. She had this beautiful smile on her face, just came walking up and go, hi, Jeff, how are you? And I was like, not worth a damn. What do you want? Uh, oh, no. That kind of eliminated her smile real fast. I wasn't, I was still, this was like two years later, I was still mad at her. I was, I was an idiot, but I was still mad at her. And then I ran into her like a year later, with about the same meeting, and then nothing for thirty years.
0: Really, really, nothing. Yeah. Now, does that, if you think about that a little bit, does that upset you at all? Does that make you? Does that make you (laughs) mad? Well, I don't know about that. I don't know i would go that far. I am. People, you know, That's exactly college. what it yeah.
1: was. i was stupid yeah. at college. Yeah. I Do I you, can look back and say, okay, if we'd have gotten back together then, I don't think it would have lasted because we weren't ready for each other. No. I really yeah, don't that think it would my have question, lasted. Like,
0: you know, like no regrets kind of thing, you know, like that commercial where it's spelled wrong even or whatever you know but i it doesn't sound like you're filled with regret, none
1: at all none, yeah, no, that wasn't our path. we weren't oh, supposed just... to get back together back then i
0: I I'm like that. For that yeah, well, I like the way you put that too, um for us self help gurus, you know we sort of think that a little bit, you know, there's, there's a time and a place and a path and a this and a that. And it, it, it's interesting. Has this experience made you more, um, I don't know, like aware or were you already, you know, like in self-help, we say, you know, awareness and all those things. Were you, are you more aware and more in tune with who you are? Um as opposed to, you know, college Jeff saying, you know, I'm so mad at you or whatever. It has have you changed over the 30 years? It's not a fair question. Exactly, well, more people like take it me. And run with that's it. what
1: you mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm still focused, and some people have some adjectives I won't use at this time, but that's okay. We all have those people. Uh, more compassionate, more understanding. I mean. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the setting has to be right. I mean, for right. Debbie and I, when we got back together in '09, everything was in place for it to work, even though it was only seven months. But everything was in place. So it wasn't something I anticipated. It was definitely something I couldn't plan for. And you just – I just take it a day at a time and – what opportunities arise Even since she's passed It's just There was a greater plan At hand than what I had And I've actually got a book where I talk about That called Why Did Everything Happen We've got our plan God's got another one Now which one are you going to follow And we yeah. were put together When it mattered the most That's what I can say mm-hmm. And I haven't Since she's passed I haven't seen or been in that situation since then. It just when it happens, it happens and you can't plan for it.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I never thought we'd uh, get back together. I really didn't.
0: Yeah, take take us through that as as both readers and listeners of the show, of the moment um where you decided to go meet her again. To go meet Debbie again.
1: Okay, the timeline is after I got divorced, and each one was 10 years, I would put a business card in her parents' mailbox. So I did it twice and never heard from her. That was fine. Then I was in Tulsa in 08 for my son's Muay Thai competition, and it's like one more time. Didn't even know if her parents lived there. Put the business card in the mailbox and said, this is my last shot. This is the last time I'll do this. Two weeks passed. I'm at work talking to uh, the dot inspector on a highway job we are working on, waiting for a phone call from a female supplier. Phone rings, and all I hear is, Jeff, this is Debbie. And I'm like, who's Debbie? I don't know any Debbie. Ask, what is this, who's calling me? Got real quiet. And then it was real slow. Jeff, this is Debbie. And then the light bulb went off. Good lord, this is this is Debbie Beck. So the project manager said, "Get out of my office. I need to take this call." <laughs> and that's how it started. Yeah.
0: And did you know she did you know at that moment that she was not feeling very well?
1: Nope didn't know didn't know a thing. I didn't find and- she didn't tell me everything that was going on in her life until. I was away from the office and I could concentrate just on her. And then she told me that she'd been divorced has kids and she'd had a mastectomy in May, had just finished up chemo and was still going through radiation therapy. And I told her, I don't care. I still want to see you. Mm
0: -hmm. And, and that, that, that's huge right there. And I bet, so you said you mentioned she had she, she had children um were they receptive to you
1: Not at first the this oldest? person?
0: <laughs> yeah That
1: yeah. well that's I wish that's what the oldest would have told her sister but she said we're not going to like him cuz he could be an ex-murderer that just got out of prison I was like hold oh, up thanks a lot <laughs> Yeah no <laughs> What a wonderful thing, because she introduced us, and I mean, after we said hi, they ran upstairs. They were gone, yeah. and it's like, well, this is going to be interesting, and it was, and it just took time. In fact, I asked them, when did you all start accepting me? Well, the oldest one, it was the first day when she thought it was an ax murder and I got hungry, Debbie was sleeping She was passed out from some of her treatments And I said, well I'm hungry, we need to get food Well that the oldest daughter said, he's going to feed us, this is great The youngest one, it probably took her two months Before she warmed up to me And I told Debbie that if your girls don't accept me This relationship's going nowhere Got it? And she said, really? And I said, I'm serious I've been divorced. I've got kids, and if they won't accept me, then we can't go any farther with this. But over time, they did, and we had a blast.
0: Yeah. And how are they? How are they now? Do you do you uh, still chat with them? And how much time has passed? Um, and do and do they know about your? Do they? Well, I'm sure they know about the book. But do they do they embrace the book and you and you know all those questions that go with with kids they're not kids anymore they were the first editors of the book (laughs) they were the first
1: editors they read it first and i because i told them this is about your mom if there's anything in there you don't want tell me and i'll take it out and they both read it and said leave it as is because they learned a lot about their mom that she never talked about and they thought that was really cool since they were coming into their uh, formative teenage years. So they really enjoyed it. Um, the youngest is, as I understand, she's in college working on three master's degrees and the oldest is going to be an optometrist. And I believe she's got a year left. And, you know, after Debbie passed, our conversations were pretty frequent. We kept in touch regularly, but, you know, life moves on, they're headed toward their careers. So we probably talk once or twice a year, which that's fine. That's all we need. And they're, it's been hard for them, but they have adjusted to, you know, going through high school graduation, college graduation without a mom. It hasn't been easy, but they're, they've gotten used to it.
0: Yeah. and And when she passed did the girl- did you become the girl's father? I don't you know it's, it's a lot of questions and so forth, but you know I, I I always worry about kids and moms and dads and all that stuff. Were they okay um, in in a sense, did they have their their father or you to help them get through those moments?
1: I stayed there. Her parents came down and started getting her affairs in order. And they asked me to stay since I had such a good relationship with the girls. Uh, Their father was in the middle of changing jobs, but he was letting them know, you're going to come live with me. So it wasn't a, I wouldn't say it was a smooth transition, but it was the best that everyone could do under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah
0: so your your book has um a number of very just beautiful reviews and it's it's um it's just a lovely book. I I don't know how what else to say about it other than it's just I hope everybody goes and, and grabs this and em- embraces your your book and so forth. Um do you want to do you mind if we talk a little bit about just you as a writer? So that no. um yeah, because a lot of people listen to shows about authors and so forth because they feel like they have a book in them, or a story that they want to get out, or you know, uh, you know. And some people are just very avid readers and love to hear what the author was really thinking, and, and some of those things. So hopefully, we've provided a little bit of that. But for the people who are writers who are listening, I'm wondering if you could talk about your writing process, and then also um, we had a couple questions that um, were sent to us. Prior to the show, people wanted to know about the different genres of books that you write, and if you felt in particular you needed to stay in one lane or not, and why.
1: No, do not stay in a lane, because then you've restricted yourself. Uh, When you look at the, I don't know, 18-plus books I've written, there is no specific genre. If you've got a good idea, go with it you won't know if it's going to work until you start putting it down. And if it doesn't work, well, okay, you tried. Uh, But if you want to box yourself in unless you're just really good at a certain topic and can keep bringing new ideas to it, well, then stick with it. But don't be afraid to branch out. I mean, I've done horror, you know, this this true love story. I've got three that are nonfiction. But then I've got alternative history, I've got science fiction, I've got a management book, I've got baseball books. Write what you love and you're gonna find out that you have a lot of interests that you might not even known about or had a passion about until you just don't box yourself in. That's my Keith best that advice
0: yeah no it's great advice too. Write what you love is a great advice because when you write what you love, it shows, and people love to read that. People love yes. to you can tell when somebody has written something that they've loved writing
1: exactly
0: Mark, well yeah and maybe maybe hated it in moments. <laughs> I noticed you were you were telling me kind of offline about your the vampires in some of your books and um character development we were we you have a knack for developing characters. Maybe you could explain a little bit about that and talk about the the vampires that you, you wanted to, I don't know, they kept you up at night. Your own characters in your own books kept you up at night, I think.
1: Yeah, that, that, that group was pretty irritating to say the least. <laughs> um, I, I love World War II history, and Twilight had come out, so I asked, Debbie's oldest, Jessica, if vampires were still hot. She said yes. So I thought about that for, I don't know, a month or two. Can you combine World War II with vampires? Obviously, they can't take down the Third Reich if you're going to follow the historical timeline. And I came up with one. And they're really not nice at all. This isn't Twilight. Nothing sparkles or whatever that Whatever they did in that Twilight movie in the book But they are the vampires of Bram Stoker And it's two separate clans They don't like each other So I had to develop individual characters And they all had to be different And they had to have different backgrounds So once I did the research into them Then I let the characters develop themselves And they are all over the place They really are They don't like each other. They don't even like people in their own clan at times. And I let them develop themselves. That's the best I can say because if I write for them, if I try and take over and write for them, you can read right through that. So if your characters aren't talking to you, don't write. Don't force it. I know what Stephen King said in his writing book. I read that. You start writing for them, and you kill your own story. They'll come back to you. Just give them a chance, and if you get stuck, find something else to write about. Because sooner or later they'll wake up and say, "Okay, we're ready. Let's move forward." Because I got in a battle with uh, in one chapter with all these clans; they wouldn't behave. And I, after three days of listening to them fight, I said, "That's it. Either get it together, or y'all going to die. I don't care." <laughs> and they got it together, and I was able to finish the book. <clears throat> it just happens that let me know okay i am the conduit for the characters this is good this is what i want yeah that's now, the best advice that's
0: great advice uh because you know i think about that I, I love fiction writing and children's books and things like that but i get a little bit stuck you know when i think about a character i i sometimes think about okay well i'm gonna take my whole office and put up like um, you know, huge sheets of paper with their name at the top and write down the characteristics of the character. And I'm like, no, that doesn't seem how people do character development either. Um, Is there is there anything like that? Do you have like a notebook that says, okay, here's the character and here's all the things that they do or don't do, lines they'll cross or won't cross? Is there anything that structured in place behind a character
1: or not? No, because that restricts me. Okay. If I write down... All their characteristics Then how do they grow I mean I've got I don't know how many 20 or something In this vampire series I'm on the third book right now And I do have to go back And refresh myself on them But I don't have a list Of these are their characteristics Because then I've boxed them in And their character can't grow Or diminish They've, they've got no room to maneuver You've you've locked them in. Why would you want to do Mm -hmm. that? Same thing with my uh, science fiction series. None of those characters. I can tell you what their traits are, but I can't tell you if they're going to develop and bring out more traits. And some of them do and some of them don't. But that's, you know, I look at our relationships we have through life with people. And you might think you understand this, you know, Joe's character over there and then he does something completely unexpected like well that's not the way he is well obviously <laughs> it is because he just did it
0: yeah and he moved so, off of my chart didn't he yeah Okay. Yeah, just, you that know, illustrates that point Yep.
1: it's it's like marriage you could be married 30 years and not know everything about your partner yeah very true you might think you do but they'll do something and go where'd that come from uh, I don't know. I just didn't get around to it. Yeah, or people
0: change, so, or change for sure. Yeah. Change. I mean, I've been married twenty, twenty-two years now, and I think that's that's the that's the kind of the coolest thing about it: maneuvering with change and how people, you know, because my twenty-eight-year-old self is definitely different than my fifty-year-old self, and you know, maneuvering yeah. through all those different changes in years and everything. It's 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 pretty neat if you can find two people who are super patient with each other, just take a step back and, you know, I can remember the look on his face when, when I said, guess what? I'm going to quit my job and start best ever you. He's like, what? <laughs> and then about Excuse five me? minutes later, he's like, okay, epic. Do it. You know, maneuver, you know dealing with the change is, is a really yes. neat thing about people. Yeah. Cause it was totally off my chart. Right. Like here's yes. how she normally behaves and boom, what? <laughs> right.
1: And he's just sitting there going, What'd she just say? What's she gonna do? Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: totally. Yeah. The whole family is like, Wow, what? Well, and the rest um,
1: characters are in books.
0: Yeah, that the, a light bulb just went off for me. So thank you for that. That that's really helpful. Um I'll have to get that Stephen King book. I've heard about that. Is that a good one to it, it's, it's okay. Okay. It's, Fair enough.
1: It was it was given to me and I read it. And then you look at his books that he writes and how thick they are and how detailed they are. And it's like, but you're saying just write to the point. And it'll take you two pages to describe a tree in the forest. It, it, it does have some good information. Uh, I mean, that's one reason yeah. I read it. Uh, I'm not going to tell somebody, don't read it. But most of what he discusses is what we've gone over. It's right. Just do it. Just get out there and give it a go.
0: One of my favorite it's, books is is um Dave Eggers, that's the author's name, E. G. G E R S, and he wrote the book A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius. Have you ever heard of that book? No, Uh, I That probably is my all-time favorite book, other than Gabe. uh, One of my friends wrote a book called "Live Like a Fruit Fly," and his name is Gabe Berman. So there are there are two books right there that I love. How about you? What are What are some of your favorite books? And um, I want to don't let me forget to go back and talk through kindergarten with you. (laughs) I want to know who you were. Okay, but
1: we're getting close (laughs) to that thirty-minute mark.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. A Bridge Too Far
0: Oh great.
1: Yep. Is is a great book and a great movie. Patton, uh, that is a great book. And I've got there are so many those are the two that always come to mind because of my World War Two my love for World War Two history. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a list. Uh I've uh, at one time, I had 850 reviews on Amazon, but Mr. Bezos and I are having a little debate over that. They wiped them all out, and it's like, this is not cool. Why did you do this? But <laughs> yeah. since I started writing, and the advent of the Kindle, I don't know. I've read, let's just say over 1,000 books. There are a lot of good ones out there, and everything I read, I review. And if you can't find them on Amazon, they're all on Goodreads. So yeah, I love Goodreads Those are the also. Book- those are the first two, and I mean, I could talk an hour on all the other books that I really liked and didn't like, but.
0: Well, we're going to have you back on for sure. Um, it We are hitting that 30-minute mark, and we have a nice, clean audio show,
1: <laughs>
0: but before we Which go. Which is good. Yeah, it's the moment. Let's keep just jinx us and then back on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, before yes, we go, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I, so let's bring bring our listeners back to love love's true second chance. But also, um, you have this awesome page on Amazon where you can find all of your books. I've got links to the show there, and then we've got a really nice written author interview with you on Best Ever You books. Now we'll have an audio to go with. I'd like to ask you if maybe sometime in the next week you could do maybe like a video interview with me. Um, I, and I'm very rookie at it. So Jeff, you'll have to bear with me, but there's an app called zoom (laughs) that you can download to your phone and I can record the video interview and put it up on my YouTube channel and um, we could do something like that. I think it would be a lot of fun, um, for you know it's it's just another avenue where people learn about somebody else some people like to listen some people like to read and some people like to to watch youtube a lot so i think we should go with it and and try it if you if you have a moment in the next week if you can do that
1: yeah be great okay believe i can
0: yeah we'll both we'll both work our way through that tech technology moment (laughs) (laughs) okay so um absolutely Perfect. All right. Well, it has been wonderful to get to know you a little bit better here on the Best Ever Youth Show, and I thank you for being with us, and I thank our listeners for being here with us. Our We have this community of people that I just am so proud of. There are 3,000 people in our Facebook group. There's a whole lot of people on Twitter and LinkedIn and just everywhere Um, where we do shows like this and i'm so grateful for you all because we bring somebody like jeff here and his book loves true second chance and you guys really follow him get to know him read his book and 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 include him we're a very inclusive group jeff (laughs) i i you know we can introduce you to people on twitter and they instantly are like yep you're part of the part of the gang now and that just makes me so happy Yeah, I I love it. So um, thanks for telling us all about you and um, the meaning behind your book. I really appreciate you taking the
1: time with us. I thoroughly enjoyed it and look forward to the next one. Perfect.
0: All right, everybody, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Best Ever You. We're we're going to go out and enjoy the snow here in Maine. I'll take a picture for you and put it on Twitter. There must be at least – you'll see. (laughs) All right, everybody, have a great day. Keep it up there.
1: (laughs) Just just keep it up there. Don't bring it down south. Keep it up there. No, no. That turns into ice there. All right, everybody. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening (laughs) to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.